Thursday, October 17th, 2019. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Polk Runyon, and tonight we will announce and open Enoch Adamson's campaign for President of the United States. As the Hermetic Party candidate, Adamson is uniquely qualified for the office, having mastered the 30th and 31st paths of the Tree of Life and attended a meeting of the Grand Council in the Library of Hod. He will outline his program to solve all the major problems and issues the country is facing. He has the solution for gun control, social justice, race relations, immigration, education, credit card debt, foreign relations, the space program, climate change, and UFO disclosure. So, if you want a candidate who can really get it done, don't vote Republican or Democrat, vote Hermetic. Let's make humanity great again. Now... When asked on 60 Minutes why he was running for president, Enoch Adamson explained that he had experienced a horrifying vision of America's future on the 31st path of the Tree of Life during his interplane journey to the Sphere of Hod, which he, in which he had described in Chapter 11, of his best-selling book, Adamson's Quest. The chapter was titled Technopolis 2084 and presented a contemporary high-tech digital version of Orwell's nightmarish prophetic novel. And after living through this experience and returning to our mundane reality, Adamson felt compelled to warn us all of what lay ahead for America, which would be called non-America in 2084. However, critics of the book pointed out that he had offered no solutions to the problems he had described. So Adamson decided to offer real solutions to America's problems before we became non-America. Some of these suggested ideas may seem to be satirical, like Jonathan Swift's suggestion to alleviate the Irish famine. But they are all thought-provoking, and they're worthy of serious consideration. First, let's take gun control. Now, the issue... which we can, This issue we can solve by logical reassessment... Guns don't kill people. Bullets kill people. So we will change gun control to bullet control. And here we will address two areas of concern. Mass shootings and urban gang killings. In the bullet control program, mass shootings are a two two three caliber issue. And urban gang killings are a 9mm parabellum issue. Now, by outlawing both of these deadly military cartridges, we will reduce the death and severe injury rate in both the mass and urban shooting venues by 80% without infringing Second Amendment rights. Now, in case anybody doubts this, let me cite a historical example. In the 1920s, the gangster Bugs Moran drove six cars around the Chicago hotel where Al Capone and his men were having lunch. They fired over 1,000 rounds into the hotel's restaurant from Thompson submachine guns fitted with 100-round and 50-round magazines. Now, besides Capone's gangsters, there were over 20 people in the restaurant and 50 more in the hotel. No one was killed or even wounded. This was a drive-by mass shooting that should have been a massacre. A few years later, Capone had his revenge 
and slaughtered 14 of Moran's men in a warehouse using the same type of weapons, firing the same cartridge, 45 ACP, which is a heavy subsonic bullet with a short effective range. It is about the same effect as a 12-gauge shotgun. Now, we're not saying that Tommy guns with 45 cartridges aren't deadly, but they were designed for close-range combat and would not have been effective in the Las Vegas Mandalay Bay country music mass shooting. And even inside buildings such as nightclubs and schools, there would be fewer fatalities from 45 caliber compared to 223. Now, today's mass shooter's weapon of choice is a 223 caliber assault rifle. Now, the 223 cartridge should be outlawed even for warfare. It is a small, high velocity bullet that carries, that causes massive in, internal tissue and organ damage. The mortality rate from 223 casualties is far higher than the old 30 caliber military cartridges. As for urban gang shootings, the same comparison applies. Nine millimeter parabellum is a high velocity military cartridge designed for military pistols and submachine guns. It has an effective range of almost half a mile. Urban gangbangers shoot at each other on the street and kill innocent women and children a block away. If they were using 45s like the Prohibition era gangsters, they'd only kill each other, and that would be easier to tolerate. And as for Black Lives Matter, well, I suggest that we take the 9mm away from the police, too. They can go back to using 38 Police Special, which is almost as slow and slow-moving as the 45. Now, to sum up this argument, no one, certainly not the NRA, has dared to suggest this obvious solution to our national gun death problem. Even if, if I'm elected, Adamson says, the gun control people, even if I'm not elected, Adamson says, the gun control people should pay attention to this and get Congress and the state legislatures to act on it. Let's have bullet control. Now, now that we've addressed the national bullet death problem, let's move on to address our social justice, race relations, gender bias, and immigration problem. Now, you will notice that I have lumped all four together as one problem, basically because they are all rooted in one big problem, for which there is one big overall solution. The problem is not racial, ethnic, or cultural prejudice, or racial or class privilege, or even gender bias. These are all mass psychological projections of the real issue, which is social injustice on a cosmic scale. These lesser human divisions of race, creed, skin color, and even gender are propaganda villains. They're false flag enemies created by a ruling class of masculine astrological fire signs, Arieses, Leos, and Sagittarians, both men and women, who dominate, exploit, and victimize all the other nativities of humanity in America. It is a hateful imbalance of power and privilege which must and will be overcome. We will enforce a balance of elemental sun signs in all areas of government and business. We will raise the income tax rate on fire signs until we have income equalization across the elemental spectrum. We will solve the illegal immigration problem by building a wall along our southern border with a series of 12 gates one for each sign of the zodiac, where immigrants, with proof of their nativity, will be admitted on a quota basis. We will accept all air, water, and earth signs 
into this country until our fire signs have been completely overwhelmed. Now, if you believe that this astrological approach to these problems is satirical, well, let me assure you that it certainly is satire. And yet, it is no more unreasonable than the situations and the solutions that it mimics. This is the purpose of satire. Satire holds up a mirror to a problem so that we can see it with greater clarity. So, Adamson says, if you are offended by what we have offered here, go to your mirror and take another look. Now let's move on to the education problem. In this case, the higher education problem, our colleges and universities are no longer fulfilling their obligation to train future doctors, engineers, scientists, and administrators. The student loan situation has become so pernicious and predatory that our next generation of professionals will spend the first 20 years of their careers paying off their education. For the sake of our national health, prosperity, and security, we need to relieve this situation. So if Adamson is elected president, he will mandate that the government will pay the student loans of college students in key programs who maintain a 3.6 grade average. Now, the exceptions will be students in law schools. We have too many lawyers in this country now, and the profession has become predatory. The same applies to computer programming and development. The field is overloaded, and the high-tech computer industry no longer serves the public. It preys on them. Now, having solved the student loan problem, President Enoch Adamson will next address an even worse situation, the massive credit card debt that overwhelms the American middle class. If we decided, if we decided to declare a year of jubilee and forgive everyone's debt, this would probably revive the economy and save many families from financial ruin. But it might destroy the banking system, which has overextended its predatory usury to the point where it has become a huge blood-sucking spider that will take down the whole country if it cannot feed. Therefore, Adamson has a more modest proposal. He will sponsor a constitutional amendment to the effect that no bank, company, agency, corporation, or private person shall charge more than 10% interest on any loan, nor shall they contract, compound, or calculate any way of doing so on penalty of felonious usury and imprisonment. This amendment will be accompanied by a clause that fixes all existing interest rates below 10% and penalizes any attempts to compensate for the cap adjustment by raising lower rates of interest. This will take a few years to revive the present situation, but it will at least remove our financial corporations from the positions of loan-sharking gangsters preying on the public that they should be serving. <clears throat> President Adamson is also considering Ben Carson's idea of replacing the IRS income tax. with a national sales tax system, which would free small businesses to grow and allow individual contractors to prosper. This would be accomplished by rigorous antitrust, this would be accompanied by rigorous antitrust legislation, breaking up monopolies and giving the American dream back to its people. Now, before we get to foreign relations and the remaining issues, let's deal with the, with the health care problem. Adamson's solution to this is simple, ingenious, universal, national in this case, and completely foolproof. Every American citizen 
will owe the Federal Health Insurance Agency, the FHIA, $25 a month. Unless that citizen is a minor dependent, in which case his or her parents' payment would cover the charge. All the citizens' medical expenses would then be paid. Citizens would only be billed for the monthly premiums they have not paid. And so these charges cannot accumulate to an unreasonable amount we will re-register all the citizens on a yearly basis. So even the deadbeats who are not supporting the system will not incur excessive medical bills. In this system, you can still have your own doctor and private supplemental health insurance coverage. The $25 monthly charge may be adjusted by Congress. And I had originally suggested on a five-year review schedule, but I think we better we better review it every year because we we may have to raise it up to we may have to raise raise it above twenty-five. You know, uh, when you start to think about it, uh, if if two hundred million people each pay twenty-five dollars a month into this insurance fund, that is a that is a huge amount of money. But we might have to, We after the first year, we might have to raise it up to $35 a month. But, we, but what we won't do is like Obama, like what happened with Obamacare, we will not uh, raise it for individual people. If this will be, this, whatever, we, whatever we charge will be straight across the board. Now, to avoid the stigma of socialized medicine, the FHIA can be structured as a conglomerate of private insurance companies. This system will help solve our illegal immigration problem. Only American citizens will be eligible. When we establish the program, we will accept illegal alien residents on a one-year probationary basis. They must qualify for citizenship during their first year on the program. If they do not qualify, they will lose their coverage the following year. Now, on to foreign relations. Adamson is very much aware of the dangerous international situation. Now, he lived through 2084 in the Yitzhira dimension and experienced the ultimate perversity of the military-industrial complex that both Eisenhower and Orwell warned us about. Now, in 2084, Adamson was an Army tank commander driving a tiny nano tank from a virtual reality computer station. The nano tank, which cost the taxpayers a billion dollars, was fighting mole crickets and chinch bugs in the non-White House lawn. Now, Adamson recalled one of Orwell's dictums, war is peace and realized that even if it has no foreign enemies, the industrialized socialist state will create enemies to perpetuate a military-industrial culture. Therefore, as president, Adamson will redirect these military-industrial technological aggressions against the real enemies of America and its people. We will establish a top-priority national fire prevention program, this will be administered from the Pentagon by the Defense Department. NASA, the Air Force, and the Army and the CIA will cooperate to assure us that no further homes or businesses will be lost to fires in the western United States of America. The Corps of Army Engineers will repair, restore, and improve our flood control emplacements throughout the heartland of the nation so that no further homes and businesses are lost to floods. We cannot bring all our troops home from overseas assignments without endangering the fragile balance of alliances that holds back a tide of worldwide chaos. But we can put economic pressure on our allies and offer 
non-tactical military support to encourage them to defend themselves, thus enabling us to disengage ourselves from the role of world police. To solve the Middle Eastern problem, we should consider redirecting our petroleum industry to serve our domestic needs with lower prices to our consumers than presently dictated by participation in the international oil market. Now, of course, this will infuriate the globalists, but it will help our economy and help us disengage from Middle Eastern political alliances. Now that we are energy independent, this readjustment is long overdue, and President Adamson will get it done. We will solve the climate change, greenhouse gases, global warming, and air pollution issues, and protect our planet from the very real threat of devastation from an asteroid or comet collision by developing atomic fusion energy generation. Has, has Max called in yet? This program was well underway at Los Alamos in the 1960s and is still being developed in laboratories in the U.S., the U.K., and France. There are those who believe that we achieved the holy grail of atomic energy and propulsion 70 years ago and that we already have bases on the moon and on Mars. And now if they're right, they may be referring to events in a parallel world, another dimension, which, if true, would be the ultimate UFO disclosure revelation. Now, President Adamson will force the issue by demanding that Project Rover, the development of the Sherwood Drive, be reopened at Los Alamos and given the same national priority that was given to the Manhattan Project in 1941 and the Apollo lunar missions in 1961. Adamson will also launch Project Defender. The Defender will be an interplanetary battleship to be built on Earth and assembled in orbit. It can be powered by a Sherwood Drive thermal nuclear magnetic pinch engine if Los Alamos can give us one. But if they cannot, it will be driven by an Orion engine using nuclear fission. Now, the Orion is another discontinued 1960s project that was successful but never built or even tested. A nuclear test ban treaty kept Orion on the drawing board. It is a workable design, and, of course, we will test it in space before using it in the Defender. Now, the Defender's mission will be to direct, to detect, intercept, and deflect or destroy cosmic bodies, meteors, asteroids, comets, or hostile spacecraft before they can strike or attack our planet. This is of vital importance. In 2012, we came very close to a massive collision. In recent months, we have also had some close calls. Twice yearly, the Earth orbits into danger zones. President Adamson has promised that he will personally make a spacewalk carrying a bottle of champagne to christen the USS Defender when it is fully assembled and ready for duty. Now, that's the program. If you would like to support Enoch Adamson's campaign for president so he can accomplish these vital programs and projects and make humanity great again by transforming America from the world's police force to the purifiers and protectors of our beautiful planet, you can help by going on Amazon and ordering a copy of his book, Adamson's Quest and Chandra the Purple Dragon. You will want to pay close attention to chapters 11 and 12, which cover many of the issues we have discussed tonight, especially in Technopolis 2084. 
Ryder Sitmeth, are you on the line? I'm here, Puck. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. Uh, Excellent. Now, you were the I I I, I want to say this that you were you were the uh you were the one who brought the uh who brought the uh, uh the plasma you know the the uh atomic uh plasma engine to my attention uh and I uh I went and researched back back in my uh in my files and found my material on the, on the Sherwood drive as a result of that. And found out that, that, uh, that the, uh, the, 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 you know, the thermonuclear generator, uh, was originally the, the Rover project at, uh, at Los Alamos. Uh, you want to talk about what's about, about what the, that project, what, what's going on with that project today? You mean with fusion research and production in general? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. Uh, let's well, bring, I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, uh, fusion research has always been considered to be, uh, it's sort of a, there is uh, a joke in the scientific community that fusion is the energy of the future and always will be. <laughs> Essentially, it's it's been 30 years away for the past 50 years. And there have been every time we've gotten every time the scientific community has gotten closer to uh, developing it, basically every everything they've discovered opens up another bunch of things which need to be solved. And they've continuously attempted to solve lots of these very minor problems. They've been able to produce a fusion reaction since, as you say, the 30s, but they've not been able to to necessarily, as I understand it produce a stable plasma reaction that they can then draw energy from. It's one thing to create the plasma reaction. It's another thing to actually develop a stable, controllable plasma reaction that they can then siphon energy out of. But um, there are, in the past few years, a bunch of things, a bunch of, um, I guess you could say, changes to the... Uh, to that, to the fusion research that make it a lot more promising and exciting. And the primary thing, I believe, will be the investment of private industry into fusion reaction. There are several private industries and companies, um, notably, I think, Tokamak Energies in England, and there's one here called TAE Energies, or I think it's Tri-Alpha Energies, who are private, industry, uh, private companies who are investing. I, mean, I don't know whether they're a single company or a conglomerate, but, I mean, they're either deliriously optimistic or I think more likely they are... Uh, actually believe that they can get it done in a reasonable time frame and then start cornering the market. And if a private industry believes that it can achieve uh, a, a, like something like that, then that means whatever it is is convincing enough for, for them to invest the billions of dollars necessary in order to attempt to, risk, to uh, get a return on that. So well, you know, that... uh, I'm I'm as as we're we're talking about this right now. I'm sitting here looking at a booklet, at a booklet uh, that I that I got in Las Vegas. I I mean I I said I'm gonna call it Las Vegas, Los Alamos. I visited Los yeah. Alamos in uh, 1963, and I uh, I went up there basically. I was I was writing a I was writing a spy novel, kind of a Tom Clancy kind of a thing, called Night Jump Cuba, and I had an idea. Uh, I, I had heard about this this the, the Sherwood Drive, and and I I had an idea that 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 if we uh, you know tested uh, tested a rocket, uh, that that uh, that maybe the uh, maybe the uh, you know Soviet agents could uh, could. Uh, deflect it and 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 have it and 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 have it uh, have it drop in the in, in the jungle in Cuba, 
And then, of course, we'd have to send a team of operators in there to either destroy it or get it back. And that was the, that was basically the plot of the book. And, uh, you know, as I said, it was kind of a Tom Clancy kind of a thing. And uh, But I needed to... I needed to do some research, and so I drove out to to Los Alamos. I I, I happened to know some people had gone to school to some with some scientists that that uh, that, that they were they were working there, and they invited me to you know to come out and and, and stay a while, and they'd give me a tour of the whole thing. And the the the, the Sherwood Drive, what was called Project Rover, was what had been declassified, and. And I and and I'm looking. I'm sitting here looking at at a booklet that says nuclear propulsion for rockets: a layman's guide to Project Rover. And then they, they and we, you know, I saw I saw actual actual engines that they built and and tested. And uh, here in the booklet, in uh, we we have pictures of them testing these these uh, thermonuclear engines and. Uh, uh, they had a test site in Nevada. I don't know how close it was to Area 51, but it could have been. It, it probably was fairly close. Uh, but they, um, um, this this program, apparently almost succeeded. It, it, it and and I can see where, I can see where some people may believe may may be, may believe that it did succeed. Uh, mm-hmm. Although, you know, these these guys that talk about the secret space program we have. They never mention the Sherwood or Rover or any any of this. Uh, they just say that, oh, well, we have these we have these starships and we're on Mars and we're on the moon. They say all this, but they don't back it up with any technical data. Well, anyway, um, I as I say, they, I've got the I've got the this I'm looking at this book with nuclear propulsion for rockets, a layman's guide to Project Rover. You. Uh, California uh, University UCLA was was involved in the project, um, and anyway, uh, I um, so when you know when you when you brought it up that uh, I thought that maybe the solution to this would be not not uh, uh, not private. But to do it like we did the Manhattan Project with the atomic bomb or the Apollo Project, and just uh, and just go back to go back to Los Alamos and 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 start over again and 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 give them you know get all of scientists together and and do it as a government project um, and well and, hopefully. Uh, uh... Hopefully, TAE Energies. They claim um, the only reason I, I am more inclined to believe their claims is because they're private industry with private investment, and they claim that in the next three or four years they should be able to create a fusion reactor that is energy neutral, which means it's basically stable. They can't siphon anything from it, but it it it, it feeds itself. Um, that's huge because obviously up until this point, we've only been able to produce apparently fusion reactors that are energy negative, as in it takes more energy to run them than it does to uh, than they generate by far. And um, yeah. then step the step after that would of course be uh, a fusion uh, generator, a fusion reactor that actually one can siphon energy from. And they would hope – I mean, China has also been working on this as well. And the Chinese hold the record at the moment for the longest stable plasma reaction at about 100 seconds. And that, that's as long as the, um, humanity has been able to sustain that plasma reaction so far. But, I mean, we're talking about technology which was theoretical uh, 100 years ago. And – and to be fair, in the grand scheme of things, we've come pretty far, pretty fast, which is, I think, something to be very proud of. After all, fusion reaction is the holy grail of energy reaction. It is uh, completely clean, no waste. It's not dangerous by in really any any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> unless you happen to be standing inside the reactor when it's turned on, in which case, um, um, you know, obviously. But well, let, let. 
for for the sake of our of our listeners, let's uh, let's differentiate between what you're you're talking about and and Project Rover. In other words, uh, the rocket the rocket engine aspect of this. What uh, what what they were trying to do with Project Rover with the Sherwood Drive was create a magnetic pinch, a magnetic pinch that would yep. contain the the the, the, uh, uh, the reaction. This is sort of to kind of describe this. Uh, this is like you know if you're if you're firing a bullet out of a out of a gun barrel, you've got a the 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 the, ex, the explosion of the powder is contained by the barrel, you know, by the barrel of the gun, and then it goes ahead and pushes the and pushes the uh, the bullet out of the barrel. Uh, and with a rocket, it's, it, it, it's the reverse. Uh, the reverse of the process. The rocket is is the gun barrel, and and uh, and, and the charge pushes the pushes the, the 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 barrel of the rocket or the or the combustion chamber forward. Now, what they what they were trying to do with uh, with um, uh, the Sherwood was create this magnetic pinch that would contain the nuclear, the, the nuclear charge. In other words, in a sense, what it was was an explosion contained by an explosion. You know, uh, like like uh, like you're like you're using a, a, like you're using a pair of lightning bolts, the same way you you, you would use a gun barrel. Uh, you're you're, you're and, and, and that's what they were trying to do, but uh, but here again, it was very low radiation, and and uh, you know very low nuclear waste, and and uh, and uh, a marvelous propulsion system if they could get it to get it to work, and they could use they could just basically use water as a fuel. Indeed. And, and yeah, it would have been it, 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 and and that's still. Still theoretically possible, and as I say, I'm sitting here looking at that. I'm sitting here, sitting here looking at pictures of these engines that they were actually testing back back mm. 70 years ago. And, well, uh, in fact, I have some interesting news for you, Pope. TAE Energies that I was talking about, their reactor is in fact a magnetic pinch reactor, like you're describing. Uh, they contain the fusion reaction with a mag electromagnetic pinch. Um, which is different from the other generators. There are a few different ones. In Canada, they have one which looks like a fat boy, if you're familiar with the, uh, the plutonium fat boy for the listeners. I know you oh, are, yeah. Pope, but um, where the reactions are all pushed into the middle, except, funnily enough, their reactor is uh, almost like halfway between a fusion reactor, a rea reactor and uh, like a, uh, an engine because they use liquid metal and they pump it, forcing a fusion reaction, which produces heat. The heat heats water and turns a turbine. So that's a <laughs> uh, that's an interesting one right there. But the general two fusion reactors for the listeners are uh, the Tokamak and the Stellarator. Um, and basically, the difference between those is um, how the fusion reaction of roughly a hundred million degrees is uh, contained inside a specific almost ritual circle of three-dimensional magnetic relays around a donut shape basically yeah and the difference the tokamak itself is a uh, um the basic they've had that design for i think in mind for a long time the issue technologically with that is that in order to keep the magnetic reaction functioning, they actually need it to be, uh, they need superconducting electromagnetic, um, uh, well, the electromagnetics themselves need to be, uh, I yeah. believe, reduced to a temperature just a few degrees below absolute zero, which utilizes uh, liquid helium. And of course, when it comes to superconductors, superconductor technology is itself uh, one of those holy grails of technology. So it's almost like fusion reaction itself requires another holy grail to get this holy grail. 
that the yeah. tokamak is just a, a donut toroid shape, and the stellarator is a toroid with a twist. Literally, it's a toroid with a twist. It twists around. And the um, Wendelstein X7 generator was, is, um, is, was, was developed essentially by um, supercomputers in order to be as uh, absolutely accurate and energy efficient as possible. And so there's, uh, along with the, the, the electromagnetic pinch, much like what you described, and the various toroid designs, it's all about containing that 100 million degrees reaction inside some form of magnetic containment so that obviously, you know, it doesn't melt the immediate surroundings and so that you can maintain well, the plasma reaction. Well, I think... Uh... I, I, I think if we put enough uh, if we put enough emphasis, and this is what I was, uh, you know, suggesting that that uh, President Adamson could could do like President Roosevelt did with Manhattan with the Manhattan Project, and like uh, President Kennedy hmm. did with the Apollo Project, and put enough emphasis and say, you know, like like. Uh, uh, Einstein and Fermi went went to uh, Roosevelt and said, "Well, the bomb's possible, and and uh, you know that and the Nazis are working on it, and we better work on it." And Roosevelt uh, said, "All right, go to work," and 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 he put all the the emphasis of the federal government behind the project, and sure enough, by 1944 they had a bomb. And, and well, they had the the uh, impetus of having to fight the Nazis and the Japanese as well as uh, yeah. fire under their backside to keep them going. I, the, uh, I know. I mean, I, I agree. I, I think you know, I, I absolutely agree. I think uh, they should pour a great deal. They they should spend money on fusion rather than some of the other environmental measures, which are probably not going oh, to be nearly oh. as effective. But you know, oh yeah, the, yeah. That's that's the big thing. That so many, you know, like this new green deal that that that, uh, that some <laughs> of these people came up with. Oh, good lord, we, you know, that would completely wreck the economy. We we we, uh, if, we if we tried to, if we if we tried to, to to depend on solar and and wind and and all to to run all our electrical needs. Uh, and our transportation needs. This would be and heating needs. This would be, it would be disaster. It'd be just absolute disaster. And and so yes, this this uh, um, uh, the 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 thermonuclear generator is 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 the holy grail. And so we should we should emphasize it. We should put put a tremendous uh, emphasis on it and get it done. And yeah, I now, agree. And but now let me, on the on the yeah, good, me, on the optimistic side, we are close. Yeah, well, we were close. I can tell you, I can tell you about it by looking at the material I have, and having gone out there right when they, right when they went public with 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 uh, with Sherwood, uh, I was out there, you know, at at at, um, uh, at Los Alamos, and I'm looking at the literature. And I can tell you how they were awfully close then, too. Well, that's Very the joke, close. really. That's the joke that uh, fusion reaction was always 30 years away and always will be. But in this case, it seems that the estimates have, in fact, been brought down from 30 to from 5 to 12 years, which seems to be more in line with... Uh, I think it's partially because when private industry starts getting involved, when they start to smell that financial blood in the water and they start going for it um you know there's actually something something there and that gets me personally excited well you know actually uh, uh what we're going to have to do uh whether we whether we end up with a with a with a Sherwood drive or not we're going to have to build something like the like the defender like the like we were describing we're going to have to do that because we're living on borrowed time with this, with these uh, these asteroid or or uh, comet collision situations, we have we've come very very close. In 12, 2012, we came we came very very close to, to having to having a planetary catastrophe. And, and uh, granted, and, granted, yes, we did. The issue and is so of course have, uh, dealing with the international bureaucracy and 
diplomacy in order to put something like that into space. After all, one of the reasons why well, there are no that, weapons in space was, is because of the agreement. The, I can't remember well, the name, actually. But, 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 well, well, we, that, then, you know, actually, I realize that, but we have to do it. We have to do it because the the the, 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 the uh, putting of weapons in space, yes, we, we have to, uh, because let's, let's, you know, uh, if we got, let's say, if we have a huge a huge body, even even an asteroid, you know, four or five miles uh, wide uh, uh, out there. You know what what you, what you would do uh, is, is is send a defender out there, interdict the asteroid, and and uh, and then you you could take if you if you're using let's let's say you're using Orion, just take a bunch of uh, of Orion uh, 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 fuel capsules, and and because they're little they're little atomic bombs is that's what runs the Orion the Orion drive is this these little atomic bombs the same kind that we that we had when I was in special forces that we had designed to blow up bridges it's about the size of a basketball and and uh, yeah you take these these little these little T4 devices and you take them out. You take them out on and 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 in your shuttlecraft, land on the asteroid, and 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 this you know I was a demolition specialist, so I can I can I can see how to rig up rig up a line of T fours. <laughs> you don't have to put you don't have to use debt cord in between them. Just just rig up a line of them, and and you got you got a little detonator in each one of them, and it's got the same setting. You just go set. Uh, anchor them down on the side of the of the asteroid that you want to deflect, and then just set your little detonators and go back to go back to the defender and 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 pull off about uh, two million miles, and then let them go off and push that push that baby out of that out of a collision orbit, out of a collision course, and it would work, and and uh, it would work on you know and and that's why we have to build this thing. We we have to build this craft and we have to make it operational, and and, uh, and it, 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 it literally to save the planet. And, um, and I know there'll be it'll be a bureaucratic nightmare with the, with the inter, international. So we'd have to to be realistically realistically, this has to be a joint project. I mean I know maybe, I'm not trying to blame Adams and uh, you know for this but but this realistic we want to build defender if we really do it's got to be a joint project between the United States and Russia it it, it literally well, has to be Well I I that might very well be the case I have a little more faith in um private industry myself i think that um solutions to asteroids colliding with earth may come simultaneous to the ability to mine and profit from the mining of asteroids and i there are some um venture capitalists who are very interested in that prospect right now after all i mean there's one asteroid in the asteroid belt which is made of solid gold um some of which you know all of them are made of iron and um the the ability to mine those asteroids will increase i mean to be able to do that to be able to mine an asteroid you obviously have to get to it you have to land on it you have to be able to place things direct it control it and do all of those things and if you can do that you can certainly with some difficulty alter such a, a program in order to deflect an asteroid assuming you see it coming but I don't disagree. I think it would be a wise thing to have some form of, I mean, that's one of, I mean, eventually we needed to have a space force and now we do have a space force. We need some form of agency which is dedicated specifically to the defense of our planet in that fashion, whether, you know, obviously at the moment, predominantly from natural incoming disasters and any kind of astral phenomenon. But, um, I I think anything and everything that can save our planet and our species is absolutely worth investing in. So I certainly do not disagree. Oh yeah, I love that. But before we before we run out of time here, we may be confusing people uh, by by we talked a lot about uh, you know talked about a lot about Rover and Sherwood and 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 
you know, the magnetic fish, the thermonuclear uh, motor and all that. But we, what we haven't explained is Orion. Now, uh, so we need, to, we need to explain Orion because Orion is, as I say, usable now. That I know we haven't tested it. Nobody's tested the darn thing because of the nuclear test ban treaty intervened before we could test it. Now, and there, so there's Orion came up back in the back in the '60s. In fact, I think it was about contemporary with the with the with the uh, rover project. Uh, and some people came up with this, and what it basically was is a tin can with a firecracker under it. And and they did a video. They 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 did a a video of this thing, just just uh, with a, with a, with explosive, no 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 nuclear power, just just uh, just in using explosives, and did a video of it, showed it to von Braun, and von Braun saw it, and he thought, my God, this will work, and 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 uh, so von Braun started pushing pushing for it, and the way it the way it works, is that you have a you use, like I say, for fuel. You basically use uh, a little nuclear uh, detonation, a little nuclear demolition charge. You know, a little basketball size size nuclear uh, regular uranium bomb uh, or plutonium bomb, whichever one you want to use. And it's about the size of a basketball. And and so at the at, at the uh, rear end of the uh, uh, at the at the stern of the ship, you have a you have a convex uh, combustion chamber. It's a sort of a parabola, uh, parabolic uh, uh, reflector chamber with a hole in the middle and a tube running out of it. And and you have all these these little little uh, nukes all. Like uh, like little bowling balls, they're like little bowling balls in a in a tube, and and they come out they come out of the out of the tube, and they get uh, they get maybe a couple of yards uh, out in the parabola, and they go off, and 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 then that of course immediately pushes the ship forward, and and uh, so you keep putting these little things out and setting them off until you get get the speed that you want and and of course it, it, it's, it's a tremendously efficient system and uh, uh, the only trouble was that when, when it was developed there, the idea of building one of these vehicles in orbit uh, was, was not feasible at all and and so the idea was was to test it from Earth uh, but that would have been terrible so so it's, it's, it, it, in a way it's just as well that the project was cancelled because uh, testing it from Earth would have been would have been a hor- hor- that would have been horrible pollution, and and uh, and yet yet the whole promise the whole idea of building it uh, was uh, was really uh, it was intervened by by uh, by a test ban treaty. We signed a test ban treaty with the Soviet Union, and that was the and that basically was the end of the Orion project. However. As I said, the Orion project is still very viable, and it will work for a for for a vehicle that is assembled in deep space, where you don't have to worry about the about the pollution, and and uh, you know this so, so this is why when I, I said that if we if we if we could actually start building the Defender, we could start building the Defender out there in in, in space. Uh, even before the, the, the Sherwood Drive was perfected, and, and and with the idea that okay, we'll run it on the Sherwood Drive if we got one, but if we don't, we'll run it on Orion. And and that's but but by either way, we've got to, we, I, I think we have to we have to build that uh, that planetary protector, that the the the, the defender, the the USS Defender needs to be built. And um, and you agree on that, right? Max, you're still there? Uh, I think we lost. I think we, I think we 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 lost. Uh, we lost our our. Uh, uh, 
Ah, there we go. No, 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 I'm here. Oh, yeah, no, I, oh, oh, I got good. disconnected. I called back in and just got unmuted just then. Oh, oh, good. I was just, I was just finished. I just finished kind of giving it, giving a description of the Orion, of the Orion drive and how it works, and and uh, yeah. and I and I said that that you know that, that that even if even if even if the Sherwood drive is delayed, even if we even if it's delayed. Uh, we should we we should design the Orion, the the I mean to design the Defender to to where to where it, it could be propelled by the Orion drive or the Sherwood either one, and, and uh, uh, because because we we need the Defender we really do we we need it and and, and we need it. even if we have to build it with the Russians I we we still need it the Earth needs it. <laughs> And, 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 uh, any, well, the Earth uh, certainly needs some form of network of something in order to both pay attention to what's going on in the heavens and as well as uh, uh, some form of countermeasure in case something... I mean, we're the first species this planet has had that's capable of defending this planet, which is also something to be proud of, I think. But you're right, the I Orion that... Drive is, uh, it is something that is actually being reconsidered today. It was discontinued for many reasons uh, back in the in the 60s, but it is can be considered along with a, another drive, which is similar to it, uh, which rather than launching nuclear bombs out the back, just uses um, fissive material, nuclear material, in order to ignite and superheat the hydrogen to come out the rear of the spacecraft. But yes, you can't you can't develop this on the planet. You can't take off in an Orion drive because you would have to, you would have to drop many nuclear weapons underneath you, and obviously that's a bad thing to do in atmosphere. So, oh, that um, would that would have polluted. And they wanted to do it. They wanted to launch it from the Pacific, and that would have polluted. <laughs> that would have polluted Micronesia worse than Bikini. I mean, it really would have. That would have been horrible. Well, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm I, glad cooler heads prevailed. <laughs> Well, the but the well, what really killed Orion was the test ban treaty. Uh, yeah. Anyway, anyway, I think we've uh, I think we've uh, solved the uh, we've we've done a pretty good job of solving the world's problems, and and, uh, and you know uh, so uh, I I just want to encourage people that that they want to they want to help us out and and what we've. Uh, what we talked about tonight and, and all that, go on, go on uh, Amazon and and order a copy of Adam's Quest and read the read that Technopolis 2084 because uh, you know the, one of the big villains, one of the big villains that, that we have uh, to worry about is is uh, is technology and that's one of the things that Adamson deals with and and the Grand Council deals with in the Adamson's Quest interplane interplane uh, experience. They deal with the dangers of technology and and they come up with some uh, with some solutions like artificial intelligence and all. So you got you got a lot Adamson's Quest has a lot of meat in it. And of course tonight tonight we've 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 covered a lot of kind of meaty subjects tonight. But, but uh, yeah. uh, so you can support our you can support our efforts to solve the country's problems and the world's problems if you uh, you start off by by going on Amazon and ordering a copy of Adamson's Quest. We uh, and uh, and if you like it, put on a good review. We could use it. Okay, uh, that's all for for tonight and. Uh, uh, we'll be back next week with uh, with another uh, thought-provoking show, and so everybody, be sure and tune in. And uh, thanks an awful lot, Frater Sipmet, Mike, Max. Thanks a lot for coming on. And you really, Anytime. you're you always really, welcome. Well, you yeah, but you really your your expertise on uh, on uh, on on this uh, these issues was very very appreciated because oh, thank you. because I. Well, I, honestly, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I when it comes to atomic physics and all and 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 all of that, I really am a kind of a klutz, and so, uh, so I, I'm, 
I, I, I need to fall back on some on some expert. No, uh, I'm some expert I'm just an enthusiast. I'm I'm no expert myself either. I just know about the limit of what a layman can know, without getting into well, the mathematics of the. I want to show you this layman's guide to Project Rover that I'm looking at. You know, <laughs> uh, University University of California Los Alamos Scientific Laboratory, uh, 1964. Uh, I want to show yeah, you this. Sounds, next that time sounds like together. fun, actually. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Oh, oh, that was that was really brought back some fond memories when I when I <laughs> dug it out. Okay, we'll we'll uh, see you all next week, and and meanwhile. Uh, have a good one and good magic. Bye-bye. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.